So I want to talk about, you know, I was asking God, Lord, what should I preach? Just every Sunday before I come here, really want a fresh word for you all. And so um, didn't want one of those prepackaged messages. And so the Lord, you know, clearly told me about, you know, speak, preach about freedom again. Let people come into the fullness of their inheritance and uh, have the whole freedom that God has meant for them. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you. Jesus, I depend on you. This is your time, Lord. I pray that you would anoint our ears, our hearts. Lord, I pray you'll anoint my mouth. I pray that you would speak through me. Have your way, O oh God. Help us to get closer and closer to the conform to your image as we go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I also want to remind, and I just want to reiterate what Vicky said, NEI event is such a life-changing event. It's more than just people from, coming from all over the nation. Uh, I can attest that NEI changed my life, spiritual life around totally. I came here, so it's 2015, I believe. Um, that's, you know, that's first, first or second time I came to this church. And just that whole three days broke off a lot of things from my life, took me to another trajectory, which I didn't even know that existed. You know, the reason I also bring that up is we are living in a golden era. Not golden because of a lot of uh, money available or luxury available. It's a golden era because this has been the awakening that the world has been waiting for. You know, things are coming to a great climax now. You know, the prophets of the old, the Bible says, they aspired to see what's about to come. But they couldn't. Many of them went to the grave without even seeing the fulfillment of the promises. But we, as a people and our generations to come, are in this great golden era of awakening. This has been the time we've been waiting for. And you might ask, why didn't this happen 100 years ago? Why didn't this happen in the 1700s or 1600s? The reason being, after the first century church, the whole ecclesia, the, the structure of ecclesia was dismantled. I wouldn't say dismantled, it, it became out of sight. So now we are again seeing the restoration of the apostolic, the prophetic, the pastoral, the evangelist, the teacher, the whole fivefold function operating in the proper way. It's being restored. It's not come to the fullness yet, but it's being rapidly restored in the 1900s and in the 2000s. So before that, man tried, actually. Man made an attempt. Uh, if you see Roman Catholicism, they had their own form of apostolic with the pope and the bishops. But that was a man-made structure. When, when, you, when you see a man-made structure, whether in a denomination or in a church or in any setting, there is a form, but there is no power. So there is a form of godliness, but there is no power. And so God has a season for everything. There's a time and season for everything under heaven. And this is the time. So we all are really privileged and honored to be living in this era when the awakening has started. And uh, this awakening, will you'll see the fullness of this awakening coming to fulfillment in the coming years. As the Bible clearly said, the earth will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. 
And uh, it's not going to be based on what man did or how he best he performed. It's just the timing is here now. The divine season, the timing is here. So as I mentioned, um, it was because of aligning with an ap the true apostolic and the true prophetic. I am standing here today. You know, I was, uh, I got uh, born again here in the United States 15 years ago. And uh, I, I wanted to pursue God. I wanted to learn more about God. I pressed in. But I hit a, hit a wall. I couldn't pass a certain cap until I aligned with the true apostolic. That's when the, all the caps were removed. Amen. So, the, so we have this great privilege of having a true apostle of God in Dutch sheets. A national level apostle set apart by God. And uh, similarly, Clay and Ash and the many others who are in this network, right? And not only uh, the apostles, God also rose, uh, stood up his prophets. The prophetic, the true prophets are in, in alignment with the apostles. And then once all these synchronizes and operate, there is a great power of God flowing through. Why? The great power of God is flowing through to liberate you and me to our fullness. Because we are not here for religion. We are not here just to be so that we can checklist and say, I went to church on Sunday. We are here to reach the fullness of God. Every one of us are an expression of God, and God wants His fullness revealed through you and me. That's why I told the, the worship leader, we belong to God. We, as a people, as the image of God, we, the divine imprints of God. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. Come on, everyone say, join heirs with Christ. We are join heirs with Christ. God the Father has not put us at a second level pedestal. He has made us in the equal stand with Christ. Because we all proceed from the great source called God. We all are the unique expression of God. And God wants this identity attestation going forth to all the world. He wants us to know that we are not inferior citizens. We are not animals. We are not confused. We are the children of God. And if children, then join heirs with Christ. He wants to restore a confused human race back to their original identity. That we are people created in the divine image of God. And Ephesians 3, 6. So at first when I used to know these words, I used to think, okay, this is good for Christians, that we are the sons and daughters of God. Because I used to see out people outside the covenant as second-class citizens, honestly. I used to see that. I used to think, 
the atheist and the Buddhist and the others, they don't belong to the joint air class. But then the Lord started to help me understand deeper. Ephesians 3, 6 says that the Gentiles, Gentiles, who are Gentiles? People who don't have a covenant with God. But they also should be what? Fellow heirs. And of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The reason I bring that up is truly loving your neighbor, the second most important command, is so important for us to develop in order for our full awakening. It is so important for our fullness or transformation into the fullness, the thing called love for others. Whether they are lesbian, gay, murderer, black, yellow, white, whatever it might be, all the human divisions that we create, we have to rise above all that and see them as a fellow heir. Right now, outside that awareness, outside the covenant, meaning he doesn't know this, but it's our duty to bring them and make them partaker of this gospel, of this inheritance. That's what Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature under heaven. It is so important that our mind has to be enlarged beyond our societal filters if we have to grow in the fullness of God. There's no other way. I, you know, I tried, like I said, before I came and be part, be, was part of this network, I was more single-focused. I was about the church, the kingdom, the four walls. It's us. But then God took me to Houston. We, I, this was years ago. And uh, it was, a, I don't know if you heard about Texas Ablaze. It's done by Keith Miller, Mahesh Chavda, and many of the other uh, Holy Spirit-filled preachers. And uh, it was fr Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that was it. The conference ended on Saturday. Then I asked the Lord, Lord, can I just leave? And God, Lord said, no, 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 wait. S attend the Sunday morning. The Sunday morning was a local church service. He said, just attend it. And listen to the message, he said. And the message was about the Lord's Prayer. The message was about the Lord's Prayer. And I'm trying to really squeeze my brain and, Lord, what is it that you want to speak to me through this? And the Lord's Prayer goes, Our Father, who art in heaven. And the list goes on, and it keeps on talking about us. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from all evil. I'm trying my best to understand this, right? Meaning, I was like, for a second I thought, you know what? Because I used to pray the Our Father with singular meaning. I used to say, My Father. And then I expanded it to our father to save my family, my wife and kids. But it was difficult for me to see beyond that. Maximum was my church. Then I said our father. Because I, I knew my mind was still stuck on the filter of it's within the walls of the kingdom. <laughs> then, like I said, it's the Holy Ghost fire that removed all those filters over the years. And he clearly revealed to me that Gentiles should also be fellow heirs. Everyone are created in the image of God. Everyone, according to the U.S. Constitution, has what? A right to life, 
liberty, and pursue. See, the founding fathers didn't just make it like that randomly. They had a plan through this. They wanted everyone to become fellow heirs and of the same body. If you put any restrictions on it, you're going to cap what God can do. He, they left it open. So I realized our, when I, now when I pray our Father, I think about the whole world. I stand as in my brotherhood with the whole world. I said, Lord, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on the whole earth. That's my prayer now. It's not just my household. It's not just my family, my affairs. I want his kingdom to come down on a whole earth and awaken every human race. That they are who? Who are they? That they are children of God and if children join heirs with Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So the brotherhood of life or sisterhood, however you want to call it, that all life is one, one from the one God, but it appears as many, like how? Just like the waves of the sea, even though they are at all times the one field of water, right? It all comes from the same ocean, but it looks like different waves. Sometimes it confuses the unregenerate man or woman that, oh, I see different skin colors and different languages and accent. Who are all these people? No, no, all this is coming from who? From one God. Our God is so diverse that you can't contain him to one race or one color. He's way more than that. Every one of us carrying the divine image in a unique way. The reason I bring that up again is this is so key for our transformation into the fullness of Christ. That's what Jesus said. All these commandments can be nailed down into two. He said, love the Lord your God. And number two, he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this is so important to develop because I remember years ago compared to now, how my perspective on love has changed and how that has helped me advance spiritually so rapidly. Because when I removed that filter of or that race or that color or that language or outside the kingdom or outside the church mentality and expanded it to all and started looking at everyone with respect and honor, my li spiritual life started to gain great momentum. Because this is the grand scheme of God. If you are not fully cooperating or in alignment with the grand scheme of God, you will not go further, unfortunately. When you say go further, you will not go further in the purposes of God. You are stuck because you now have this division in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. But you have much. So this is what Psalmist said, enlarge my heart, O God, so that I may run in the way of your commandments. He said, Lord, enlarge my heart. Widen my perspective. Let me not be so short-sighted and small thinking, but enlarge my heart, O God. Grant me a generous heart. Grant me a loving heart, O God, to love all. As Abraham Lincoln said, with charity for all. And that should be our prayer. Lord, grant me a heart that would love all, respect all. Even Apostle says, when a sinner, when you meet with a sinner or deal with a sinner, gently convert them. Because we were once there too. 
Because, and we respect them as what? As a fellow heir of Christ. They don't know the truth now. Doesn't make them any less worthy of what, of what they truly have. Well, then Jesus said in Matthew 17, 26, you know the story about Peter and Jesus going to, the, to collect a coin for the tax. And he asked this question, and then Jesus said, the sons are free. The sons are free. So our true identity is based on freedom. We really are free, whether you understand that or not. At this point, many of us sitting here have different understanding of where we are. As I told last week or last time, we are in a marathon race. This is not a sprint. We are not going from 1 to 100 meters in 10 seconds. This is, a long, long, this is for the long shot. This is a marathon. Vicky might be in lap 2. Dan might be in lap 4. Uh, someone else might be in lap 8. Another person in lap 100. But our final destination is what? The fullness of Christ. That we reach fully to our fullness of identity in Christ Jesus, and that we operate with confidence. We operate without sin consciousness. We operate in righteousness. When I say righteousness, you know who you are in the spirit. You know who you are in the spirit. You are validated by the voice of God that said, you are my beloved son or you are my beloved daughter. You don't look to validate yourself based on the performance in your flesh. You might have messed up this morning. That doesn't make you any less worthy to stand here. See, all that sin-conscious mentality came through religion. We are now trying to practice righteous consciousness. Sin-consciousness was through religion that you are, hey, you are this, you are that, you are your addiction. That's not what we are. We are spiritual beings. And we, are, and we worship God in spirit and in truth. God has declared us righteous. The Bible says, he who God has justified, who can condemn? Mankind are spiritual beings made in the image of God. Everything else was a plan of the devil, but has been paid at the cross. So the sons are what? We are free. We are truly free people. Jesus said what? The truth will set you free. See, I knew this verse so much back then, but I was not free. <laughs> and I used to, you know, I used to think, Lord, is there something else? So I used to go into Barnes and Noble and other bookstores back then. I used to think, you know what? Mainstream Christianity don't have the truth. I'm struggling. I don't understand. I go to church on Sundays, but I'm struggling. I'm depressed. And so I used to see, okay, maybe, you know what, I need to look at the Gnostic Gospels of Thomas and some of the other stuff. Maybe they have the truth. Because I was so desperate for the truth. <laughs> because what I was listening in the church, listening to at the church, was not setting me free. All I was hearing was more condemnation and more <laughs> all sorts of mess, religious mess. It had no power to release me out of the bondage. I was struggling. So I was still thinking, you know what, this, the church has missed it. It might be in the lost gospels or the Gnostic gospels of Mary Magdalene. Have you heard of all that? So I was going and reading, and when I read that, I became more confused. I'm like, no, this is not it either. 
But I never gave up. Because I saw an evidence of God's working in my life, though. I would say, oh, my God, what I was and what I am now. But I'm still, still grappling with what the truth is. Struggling. But I knew God's working, though. It was evident in my work, in my marriage, in my, in my family. So I knew he is true, but the preaching that was going on wasn't true. There was something going on. And it was until, in, to be honest with you all, it was in 2015 when I connected with this network that led me to fullness of freedom. It wasn't by osmosis or anything because I know there are several other people in the network who was not fully free, but I pursued God and used this network alignment to further my cause. And I, God just set me free, and it was actually Apostle Dutch laid hands on me and said, you're going to reach the fullness of the Spirit by the end of this year. And when he said that, he prophesied. I realized, you know, now I know because of the apostle he is, what an apostle speaks carries such weight in the spirit realm. He just prophesied it to me. I didn't even ask him for that prayer. He laid hands and said, you're going to reach the fullness. And just as he said, I think it was by the, before the end of the year, the, my, my mind is like the light bulb. It's a spirit doing it, but the apostle had to speak it. That's what the Bible says, uh, to apostles, God has given what? The keys. What they bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What they lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the apostles carry us. So the, what you're, the struggles that you're seeing in the mainstream Christianity today, if you look at Getwell Road to South Haven to Memphis, there's no shortage of churches. What is lacking is any proper alignment. There is no apostolic alignment. There is no prophetic. It's like a car running with some, they have tires, they have suspension, but no engine. Until the body is fitly joined together, it cannot function properly. So, as God is starting the awakening movement all over the United States, this structure now will start to be restored. Because people all over are so hungry. They are tired of church as usual. They're like, what is more? Because I used to be there. I was like, God, what is this? Where is the freedom? When is this going to come? We have victory service and praise service, but no victory. And so I realized that the, pro the proper fivefold alignment has to be restored all across America, and then the power will start to flow. Without proper engine and suspension and transmission and the fuel and everything properly aligned, the car is not going to run. God wants to release his power all over the earth, but the alignment has to be first put together. And that's why I believe, truly believe, all this, you know, uh, as Apostle Dutch has shared before, all of that vision is going to come into fulfillment, will come to fulfillment very soon. It seems like a very tall order, but no, with God, all things are possible. He will bring it so fast. Some of the visions I've received, I cannot share this with you right now, but I'm just telling you, things will happen so rapidly. It'll shock you. Well, you know, the last will become the first, and the first will become the last. When I say that, some of those churches that are today operating, thinking that they're operating, they all are going to go back to the pedestal. They're going to come and sit under the true apostolic and prophetic. 
Because without the power of God, it's only a form. There is no power to deliver or save anybody. So Jesus said the truth will set you free. But then who, how do I get the truth? Second verse it says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So it is definitely an activation by the Son of God himself. But some of the truths would have to be restored for people to come and properly sit under alignment so that they can be free. Churches cannot be effective without proper apostolic and prophetic. You might have big buildings. You might have a lot of big infrastructure, good programs for kids, and uh, good picnics and things like that. However, without proper alignment, it's not going to work. It's not going to be effective. Let me put it that way. So in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Jesus say, uh, so Apostle Paul says, Get rid of the old yeast, that you may be a new batch, as you really are unleavened. So what are we really? We are a, really an unleavened batch. We are a pure people. We are divine expressions of God. We are pure. This is why the Bible says, at the end, we'll all be what? Standing in the truth. We'll be holy. We'll be blemishless. Not based on our performance. We come to an awareness of who truly we are at that time. That we are spiritual beings. We are holy, righteous, blemishless. Our flesh doesn't define us. So he says, get rid of that old mentality. That you may be a new batch. Why? Because you're really a pure people. You're unleavened. So get rid of those old filters that has told you you are a sinner, you are this, you are that. That doesn't define you. You are a holy nation, a priesthood unto God, a kingdom of priests. That's who, that's what who, that's who you really are. So get rid of the old East. What does the East do? Puff it up. So get rid of all that. So this, is the Apostle Paul had to struggle with the early church. Remember I told you, awakening is a process. When you become born again, when you become baptized, the awakening starts. Doesn't mean you are fully awakened yet. It starts. The fire starts. The spark starts. And it, it is up to you to how to tame that fire. You can either make it grow or quench it. That's why Paul said, do not quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. You, it's up to you whether you want to be awakened or not. It's left to your hands. You can either let the fire flame higher through proper discipline in your life. And as a discipline, denying your flesh through proper worship, fellowship, meditating on the word. If you can tend the fire, the fire will keep growing and growing like a wildfire will become. What I'm doing right now is I'm spreading wildfire. Because I take time to tend the fire in my personal life. And once you can do that, you can spread it on to everybody. But otherwise, what we can do, we can also quench it. We can just put some water on it, and the awakening would be stopped. In other words, your personal awakening, I mean. You had a chance to be fully coming to the knowledge as sons of God, but what you did, you just 
you just uh, ignored the disciplines associated with this growth. And so now you're sitting as a dead Christian. Dead Christians are nothing but unawakened Christians. They, they did the first part, but they didn't want to do the second part. First part was repentance and baptism. But then after that, they said, it's too tough. I don't want it. <laughs> this is a long shot, guys. Listen, you are in for the long haul here. Until you reach the fullness of the stature in Christ Jesus, do not give up. The devil is going to throw the whole, whole kitchen sink against you. He's going to do it. He's going to throw havoc inside your family, outside your family, while you're on the road. He's going to do all sorts of stuff against you. But your goal, like I said last time, is to reset, recalibrate. And the devil needs to know that you are not a quitter. It's going to be tough, but keep on marching. So I want to talk to you about the process of liberation. So I said one of them is definitely aligning with the apostolic and the prophetic that God has ordained. Very few apostles, uh, that, uh, I'm sure there are more apostles in this nation. They will all be revealed in the coming days. But some of them are that I know and I respect right now is Dutch Sheets, Bill Johnson, Che Ahn. There are several more like that um, who are national level ap 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 apostles. They might not be, see. The thing is, back in the days in Caleb or Air One, they never used to put Bethel music. Did, have you guys noticed that Bethel from uh, Bill Johnson? They never used to play that. They used to think it was too heretic for anything from Pentecostal realm to go to Caleb. But thank God, all that has changed. Now there's Hillsong playing, Bethel changing. Bethel playing. What I'm trying to say is, it's all a sign of the awakening coming. Because the Southern Baptists know that the current state is not enough. Even the pastor is addicted, the whole bishops are addicted over there. They're all going through bondages. And they know, okay, if there is more, there has to be more. So some of the Southern Baptist pastors come and sit uh, under Pentecostal teaching. They, they, they watch it on TV or on the internet. But they all know, I'm talking about Southern Baptists because they are a little more closer to Pentecostals than the other ones. The other ones are dead, totally dead. I'm, just, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I just want to tell you the truth. The Baptist and the whole fundamental things, and well, I don't know all the whole you know, Presbyterians, twice dead, good for nothing. And so, without the Spirit, there is no life. Even I can, I can preach a word to you, without the Spirit, it is dead. Just bringing a word alone ain't enough. You got to have the Holy Spirit's intermingling, the anointing to make it life to the hearers. Jesus. So the process of liberation, go with me to Exodus 6.6. 6. Because what did we uh, read earlier? It says, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So this is definitely a liberation process activated by God. Just because you think I want, you or I want to be free, we cannot be. And I was a chain smoker back in college. I tried to quit smoking. I was not a Christian. Even then, I was trying to quit smoking. I went, put nicotine patches, blah, 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 cold turkey. Tell me, I tried everything. Nothing worked. 
And um, I wanted to quit smoking. But I remember the evangelist who led me to Christ 15 years ago. He just said a simple prayer. And that devilish spirit went out of my life. There was no more smoking uh, sensations. If any of you smoke cigarettes in the church, listen to me, guys. That's a devilish spirit. I don't want to put any massage on it. Spirit of smoking, alcohol, and all sorts of lust are from the enemy. If you want help, just come on over. I'll pray for you. You'll see the results. I'm not trying to exaggerate, but these are foul spirits trying to bind you from your full potential. A, a small stick of cigarette wants to control you. There are some things, there are some circumcision that need to happen in our lives. You might be wondering, why am I struggling? Why am I... Some things need to be denied in your life. You can't serve two masters, my friends. Can't keep your feet in two boats. You either serve Jesus or serve the devil. Can't be smoking in the parking lot and coming in here. No, now again, if you want, you can come in here, but come for prayer. I'll show you the power of Christ. That devilish spirit will leave you in an instant. Because I'm a living testament. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to spend any more money on patches. The, the spirit of God touched me and it was gone. It was gone. The smoking spirit was gone. So in Exodus 6, 6, uh, God says to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. God takes pleasure in delivering the human race. It is the, the main mandate of God. It's a great commission. If you are in sync with this assignment, he is going to stand with you and your family until he comes. God told me one thing. My son... Don't look into your problems. Don't look into all the other distractions. Focus on your assignment, he said. Preach the kingdom and I'll watch over you. That's what he said. He keeps on reminding me. Son, focus on the assignment. All the demons are under your feet, God said, told me. They're under my feet. He said, just laugh at them once in a while. <laughs> They're under your feet. And God wants every demon, every devilish entity under your feet as well. He does not want you to be harassed and tormented by this. Instead, he wants you to trample upon the serpents, the scorpions, and every weapon of the enemy. So he says to the sons of Israel, number one, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. I don't know how many of you remember Egypt. Your, your past before Christ. Was it burdensome? It was burdensome, my friends. I remember it very clearly, my pre-life, before Christ. Whew. I don't know who tells there's pleasure in the world, really. I was under so many burdens, and my friends, and my family. When you do not know Christ, it's a lot of burdens on your shoulders. You're carrying it unnecessarily. Burdens mean they just have you bound up with sickness and disease and and confusion, and losses, and errors. If you look at the chapter of Exodus, it says, the Israelites were groaning under the oppression of the enemy. 
in the groni and that's the world right now they don't know the truth and because there's not enough churches preaching the truth either and so but god is seeing the cries of people all around the world the suffering and the bondages and the burdens of the people all around the world and he's waiting for the sons and daughters of god to manifest the faster you awaken the faster you can liberate your people but if you are not awakened you're going to sit in the pew for the rest of your life and not only that it will be god said it this way if the branch doesn't bear any fruit it's good for nothing it's our goal to continue to bear fruit and that depends on each individual your private space your personal life belongs to you what do you do with it so number one i will bring you out from the burdens of egyptians egypt means what the hebrew word is misraim means slavery darkness ignorance you know i can i can remember this so clearly my friends my egyptian life it was just just like a black hole totally lost i can remember it i was just living like a zombie <laughs> i had no clue what life was all about i used to fear death i remember that i used to have dreams when i felt like i was buried alive underground uh, and i used to have nightmares until christ liberated me <laughs> hallelujah so i uh, you know that i'm telling you this is because i've gone first hand through this experience of egypt it's a burdensome existence i'll bring you out from the burdens of the egyptians so i what did i say the the initiation the activation of your liberation starts with god he will do it just as the israelites were liberated out of egypt god will liberate you out of it but then remember what happened to israelites they had to walk according to the direction of god that's that's up to you whether you will take this turn and that turn and god will tell you how exactly to move forward that's where many christians fail i'll get to that in a second number 2 he said i will deliver you from their bondages so satan had craftily bound up the human race with addictions with uh, my, uh, mind conditioning with witchcraft you name it all sorts of evil programming had been done and bound them up and god says part of the born again race or the awakening is i will release you from your bondages too you cannot remain in your addictions If you are truly getting in the spiritual environment addictions will break off. It will eventually happen. It's part of God's plan because that cannot hinder your full awakening as long as you are dwelling with a, an addiction or some bondage you cannot awaken fully because that will hinder your mental awakening. So God said I will deliver you from your bond bondages can be sickness long term debilitating diseases. bondage long term addictions long term mental problems many christians are facing depressions and mind issues 
But he says, I will deliver you, but you have to continue the path, the journey, as he says. It'll happen in the course of time. Now, your friend might have got freed. You might not have got Don't look to your friends. Your journey is unique. It's not the same. So Vicky's journey is not the same as Dan's. If they were two different people, that's how it is. So we should not compare each other where we are. Every one of us is in a unique path in the journey. I will deliver you from their, from their bondages. Meaning, who are we really? We are pure and holy. Who put this bondage on us? They did, the devils. That's not us. And he said, I will deliver you from their bondages. Don't take this bondage as a part of you. It is not. It is not you. The enemy has been trying to play this trick to make you assume responsibility for all this and make you think you are a miserable sinner. That's not who you are. You're holy and you're righteous. You're a spiritual being. Hallelujah. And then he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. So when the work of God starts to take full traction in your life, it is not going to be a hidden thing. God is going to make a show of it. It's going to be visible to all. When God delivers you out of whatever situation is, people will know that there is a God who is alive. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. Not in the hiding, but he will make it visible to all. Because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Liberation, so that people can be awakened. So if you look at the Israeli journey throughout, the Lord was with them always. He gave them a leader called Moses. And what did they do instantly? They started to rebel against Moses. <laughs> That's how human egos play, right? Many times we are not able to listen to another leader. Somebody might ask, Hey, Dutch, who made you the apostle you are? Just like they asked Moses. Who made you <laughs> to the leader of us all? You know what? The smart people, they'll shut up and follow the leader. Because what is the leader's goal? To liberate you, my friend. <laughs> you want to be liberated or you want to play games? You want to play politics in the church or do you want to be free? Free, free Absolutely. But unfortunately, the church, there is so much games going on. I've been sitting in the church for 30 years, so let me get the bishop status. Doesn't matter you've been here for 30 or 40 years, who the Lord has ordained will come. And if you can follow that pattern, you will be also liberated. Moses came out of nowhere. And even Aaron asked his brother and Miriam. They were all questioning his authority. Moses said, Lord, I don't want to do this. You can take this over. <laughs> Listen, my friends, we all are part of one army. We are all helping one another. If God has put an apostle, uh, one as an apostle, one as a prophet, respect those offices. Let's not compete against one another. Our end goal is that all of us shining for God. Let's have a mentality that is broad. Rather than who got the office and who got the title, let's not worry about that. Let's worry about our liberation right now. Who can lead me fastest to my fullness in Christ Jesus? 
So let's think from a broad perspective. And as I said, this is a work of God as long as you stay in course with God. If you can follow the directions throughout, because if you remember from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land was an 11-day journey. Remember that? If you look at the book of Exodus, the Bible says the path, the journey was only 11 days. But it took how many? 40 years. The reason it took 40 years is, the, away, the in the modern-day Christian language, I would say this. Dan got baptized, born again. He could have reached his full potential in such and such time, but he decided to just wait on obedience. He decided to take a left turn when God told him right turn. He decided to do that. This is why our stuff is getting delayed. We came with great enthusiasm, but then we have kind of quenched some of the fire. We become too religious. We got into some uh, caught, caught up in wrong teachings. And there's a lot of mess going on, which, as Apostle Paul said, get rid of the old East. Get rid of all that. Get back into track. Unfortunately, like Israelis, many Christians are perishing. The Bible says many of them didn't make it where? To the promised land. They did. They are playing too much politics. Who is doing what? Who's got the title? Blah, blah. Who's got the bling bling? And all that stuff. Let's get rid of all these entanglements, my friend. God wants to accelerate you into the place of your fullness. The creation is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. You know that? God wants every one of us to be reaching our full potential so that he can release us. Now you might be crying, Lord, send me, I'll go. But you're not even ready. You're a half-baked cake. No one can partake of it. I'm serious. Because I used to pray that prayer. Lord, send me, I'll go. The Lord said, you ain't ready. <laughs> There is a preparation involved when we can rule over ourselves, that when we know who we are in Christ, then we start to operate in signs, wonders, miracles following, then you can be effective. Every other evangelism is ineffective. I know a lot of people say, when Dan and I were at the campfire, somebody said, you know, why don't we focus too much on evangelism? Right now, our goal is not evangelism. Yes, evangelism will happen. First, we have to form internally into the fullness of Christ. Evangelism without proper growth, personal growth, is ineffective. A lot of these churches are going to evangelism. If I ask them, how many souls you, did you get? Zero. No, no one got saved. I did evangelism just to make myself feel good. So fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of Jehovah, which he will work for you today. So during this journey, our goal is to stand still. When I say stand still, not to just rest in God. There will be so many trials and fires coming along the way if you want to make this journey. All of you sitting here can make the fast route. What is the fast route? 11-day journey. But one thing was there. Do you, anyone, any of you remember what was written? The 11-day journey was filled with giants. And uh, God knew they were not ready. They could have 
they could have reached the promised land faster, but the, the shorter journey, they had to defeat bigger obstacles. My ask today is, how many of you are ready to face some giants? And God knows many of us are not, and so he takes us through the longer route because he wants to make us strong. He wants to help us establish our divine identity and confidence. And there's a longer route, but if you're ready to take up the challenge and say, God, I want the faster route, then, he, then some, some big giants are going to come across. It might be a cancer coming across. It might be some. There will be some things that might rock you, but this is it. Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation. So for people who are able to be giant slayers are those who can take up this word and run with it. And they reach fast. They keep quiet. They don't exaggerate when a problem comes. They fast and pray. They seek the face of God. And they reach faster. But they had to pay a price. I'm not saying the giants were easy. But they were ready to face the giants and take the 11-day journey. Now, the 40-year journey, like I said, the smaller giants take it easy, but it's a longer process. And you're wondering, Lord, when will I reach there? Because you haven't graduated yet to face some big giants. Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So it is for everyone to say freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. The whole goal is what? Freedom, liberation, awakening. To fully make us convinced that we are a free people. Free, not, uh, not sinners, we are free. We are righteous, we are holy. We are a free people. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of bondage. So once we become awakened, let's not again get back into the yoke of bondage, which is again, you know, I'm not good enough. You start to identify again with your flesh, and you go back into this sinkhole. Don't. Keep your gaze and eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. Keep, when I say keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, keep your eyes fixed on the spirit realm. Don't look to your deficiencies and your shortcomings to validate yourself. That's not who you are. Keep your eyes synchronized with the spirit man who you are, the spirit that God is. Spirit to spirit. All sorts of chaos happening around, but you at the core know who you are. And you keep on moving in that angle. That's why I say, this is a focused journey. You got to keep your focus. Christian life, you can, that's why like Apostle Peter, what happened? The minute he took his eyes off Jesus, boom, he went down into the water. He could have walked on water. We can all do great miracles. We can face the giants. But keep your eyes in the spirit realm. That we are spirit. We are not our weaknesses. We are not our deficiencies. We are not our bondages. We are spirits. We are holy, we are righteous, we are pure. We are one. See, it's, it's very important. See, Christian life cannot be run, by our, run alone. I have to be concerned about others. God clearly showed me that a few years ago. He said, if you want to grow much higher, you have to be concerned for all. I cannot leave anybody behind. No one left behind. 
That's got to be our attitude. No one left behind because we had to bring them in to the fullness of Christ. So, Deuteronomy 5, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to spend some time in prayer for people who need prayer. Adam, are you here? Or Jesse, can you play some? No, okay, let's look at this. Deuteronomy 5.32. No, Adam, come on, I didn't see you. Come on. So you must carefully do exactly what the Lord your God commands you. What does it say? Don't deviate even a bit. This is what the exhortation I have for today. God wants to, God, God has liberated you already. First get to the truth. Be established in the fact that you are already free. <laughs> and you just got to come to that awareness this morning. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And uh, some of the leaders come forward and let's pray for people. Um, if you feel you're stuck this morning and if you feel there's blockages, we're going to help you. It's going to break off some of those blockages off you. You know, this, like I said, the, there's a lot of effort involved in getting to the place you are. And we got to do it as a team. We have to help spread the fire. So come on, if you don't mind, please stand up and then... Let me pray, and then let some of the leaders come forward, and let's uh, pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't mind, just lift up your hands up to heaven as a sign of petition to God, as a sign of desperation for his presence. Lord, we, we need you, O God. Yes, God, we need you, O Father. We are desperate for you. Without you, we are nothing, O oh God. We are what we are by the grace of God. We acknowledge it this morning. We want to be fully liberated. want to be filled with your peace, your happiness, your righteousness, so that we can operate as kings and priests, operate without a condemning heart, that people without wail will be able to see God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost fire, I pray for you to touch everyone standing here. I pray, Lord, that you would sit upon each person, remove the fleshly filters, remove all those baggages from the past to be removed. Jesus. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be filled with love for one another. That you would bring us to that place of love. The charity for all. Knowing that, Abba, we belong to you. We belong to you. You are our Father. Your goal is to heal us all. To transform us all. To give us our worth. To our place as sons and daughters. Jesus. Jesus.